Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, your name is hallowed. Your name is holy, Father. You are the great God, the only true and living God. God all-powerful, all-knowing. Father, you are everything. In you we have our life and our being, Father. We give you all the glory and all the praise and all the honor. Father, we ask that your kingdom come and your will be done on earth. Father, I ask today that you would uh, speak through me, Father, that you would use your servant to speak your words. I would be able to share these things that you have shared with me in our quiet time together. And Father, that your, your word would go forth from this place. We thank you, Father, and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd rather be down there talking to y'all, but I'm going to try to follow my notes. So I'm probably have to stay up here. I don't follow notes very well. But, I want to talk to you today about some things you you may not have heard before, things I that I've been commissioned to go around the world and preach, teach. And uh, I never expected to be traveling all over the place teaching and doing these things, but you get into kingdom and God will put you to work, okay? If you don't want to work, don't get into kingdom because God will put you to work. Um we look around today in the news, we see a lot of disturbing things. Um, there's famines, and pestilence, wars, rumors of wars, and COVID-19, and terrorists, and racism, and riots. We see a lot of trouble in the world. It's a troubled place out there. We have trouble in our homes. We have pressure from work. We have relationship issues. We have raising children issues, we have financial pressures. There's a lot for people to deal with. Many of us have spoke about things that uh, that me and Mike were just talking about this morning. We talked about a little bit in our Sunday school class. There are things going on that will that will make you sick to your stomach that are so evil. And if you if you know about them, you know what I'm talking about. There's evil men in the world that uh, that own majority of everything, and they have agendas that aren't good for me and you. But with all these things going on around the world, and many of you are very much aware of a lot of these things that are going on, I've got good news. I've got some real good news. And the good news is, that God's not worried. Let's see that first scripture up there, Wilson. God is not concerned at all. Psalms chapter 2, verse 1. It says, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth. This is the, the next part of that. I should have gave you more. But this is in Psalms if you want to turn there. The kings of the earth said, Let us break their bands from us. It, the kings of the earth, he's talking about the people that are controlling or want to try to control the earth. They're saying, we don't want anything to do with God. Let's break away from God and let's do our own thing. Let's, let's enrich ourselves. Let's please ourselves at the expense of everything and everybody. God's not a bit worried because it says he that sits in the heavens laughs. He laughs. It's kind of like... Uh, if you if you saw that that movie uh, that movie with uh, um, the the Noah's Ark movie the recent one not so recent anymore when the guy says I got things to do and God just laughs and says you got things to do there's a, there's a storm coming there's a flood coming it's going to wipe out everything you own you think you know your little bit of yard work's important God's just laughing he's thinking you you guys think you got it going on God is in control. You don't have to be concerned if you are in His kingdom, you are His child, and you are following His directions and doing His things. I've got some really good news for you. The the ladies' class on Wednesday night talking about some of the things that uh, that, that just cause us to might keep us up at night if we wasn't uh, if we didn't have our faith and our hope in God. 
uh, in the men's group, we were talking, we started in, uh, Wednesday night, we started in the book of James. And James starts off saying, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, different uh, trials and temptations. Because he said, because the, uh, the working, uh, he said, the, the faith works. If you have patience, then your faith will make you complete and you won't be uh, tired, not uh, whole and complete, like we were talking about in Sunday school this morning, not needing anything. So, and when you hear that, we, it hits our ears kind of weird. What do you mean count it joy when I fall into problems and trouble and things are coming against me? It's a time to count it joy because it's time to see God do something. It's time to see God do some work in your life. If you're in the kingdom, you need to be excited when you see things like this happening because you know that God is, is, is busy. You know, when we were kids, most of us, I believe, I'm going by my own experience, I just assume it's probably with a lot of you too, when, when you were real little, didn't you think, man, I'm, I'm special. God created me for something special. I mean, that's why kids love Superman, you know, and these action heroes. Man, these guys that come, they're strong, they're not scared of anything, they can, they can just, uh, you know, take care of business and put the evil down, rescue the, you know, the, the woman, that kind of thing. You know, we all had this, God put it in us that, that we are destined for greatness. And then the world starts beating us up. And the world starts telling us how poor we are and how sad we are and how, uh, depressed we are. And we, we see these things and we, we learn how not to have these impressions that God has put in us about the kingdom. And Lori comes dragging in late. We was in Africa together, and Kathy, my my missionary buddies, we was in Africa together. Uh, you know, it's a very hard environment there. The kids, you know, they basically eat the same thing their whole life. They're eating this stuff that looks like dried up Play-Doh. They don't have a ball. Most of them don't have a, a regular ball to play with. They take banana leaves and tie them together to make a ball. And uh, they don't have good shoes. Most of them, half of them are barefoot. The ones that aren't barefoot, you know, they got shoes that don't fit or are wore out. But the kids are laughing and they're playing and they're having fun. How can you have fun when you're in this situation? Well, we got to teach them that you're poor and you're miserable. And we do that. It's the same way that we're, we're taught that we're poor and miserable. But once we grow up, we learn that we can't laugh and play and have fun when the whole world is crashing down around us. The kingdom says, there's another, there's another kingdom out there. There's something else that's better. We can count it joy when we see situations coming our way. We can live in peace and joy and love and happiness like those children playing while the whole world is coming apart because we have something that they don't have. We don't have to be anxious. We don't have to be depressed. We don't have to be sick. You know, stress, I think, my phone, uh, I think stress is probably the, the root of every disease and illness that there is. Okay? That's just my opinion. People, when your body gets stressed, your immune system is broke down and you can catch anything and a common cold could easily kill you. Because stress, our bodies were not created for that. We're not created for stress. If we, uh, we think, well, you know, if I had enough money, I wouldn't be stressed out, right? So I just need to get more money. Hey, work two, three more jobs. You know, maybe get a better job, making more money. If I get enough money, I'll have, I won't be stressed out. Well, the deceitfulness of riches doesn't matter how much money you got. You got the, the rich man living on the hill. You got the poor beggar down in the street. And the poor beggar's looking up at the rich man saying, God, if I just had his money, I wouldn't have a worry in the world. And the rich man's looking down on the beggar saying, you know, that guy ain't got no problems. Ain't nobody trying to kill him. His wife ain't trying to steal his stuff from him. He's got, he ain't got his employees that are taking, you know, all this money and treating his, uh, um, his, his things badly. You know, so it's, it, it doesn't matter if you have money or not. The deceitfulness of riches 
It's the deceitfulness of riches. It will not bring you peace, joy, satisfaction, those kind of things. So we, we go after other things. We go after, let's get power. If I could control people, I, I would be happy. Well, it don't work. Drugs. If I could just take enough drugs and get uh, get whacked out enough, then I want to worry about this stuff. Well, the problem is the drugs wear off. Pretty soon they kill you. And it does, doesn't bring you the pleasure that you want. The, the pleasure, let's go out and just take vacations and spend money and, and have a good time. Well, none of these things is going to calm that inner voice that's anxious, worried, and sick over relationships and, and, and brokenness, these kind of things. Where do we turn? What do we do? A lot of people say, well, let's, let's get religious. Let's turn to religion. Religion is the answer, right? Well, let's see what he says in Matthew chapter 23, verse 13. But woe to you, scribes and you Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither will go in yourselves, nor will you allow those that are trying to enter to go in. So when, uh, when, when Jesus showed up on the earth, he didn't like what he found in the religious systems of the world. He says, when Jesus said the, the world will hate you, he said, don't, don't, don't be surprised if they hate you, they hated me. You think, well, I don't remember the world hating him. Didn't Zacchaeus, the little guy, didn't he, he take him home with him? The tax collectors liked him. Uh, all, the people in the world, the unbelievers liked him. It was the religious people that put him on the cross, wasn't it? It was the religious people he had a problem with. They're the ones that put him on the cross. Religion will keep you out of the kingdom. It'll make you feel good while you're miserable. The kingdom of God is not a religion. And that's the, the, the problem with religion is it's a substitute for the kingdom. The good news of the kingdom is the good news that Jesus preached. Go to that next slide for me, Wilson. It says, Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Jesus went about preaching the gospel of the kingdom. We say, well, let's go preach the gospel. Are we preaching the gospel of the kingdom? That's the gospel that Jesus preached. And this is before he was on the cross. He didn't die on the cross and then come back and go around preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He preached the gospel of the kingdom. He didn't tell anybody about the cross. He told some of his closest guys about the cross and they misunderstood the whole thing. They kind of understood afterwards because he had to explain it to them. But the gospel of the kingdom is not the gospel of the cross. The cross is a very, very, very important part of the plan of God, but it's not the gospel of the kingdom. It's the only message Jesus preached. We say, well, Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom, but, you know, we, we mostly study Paul. You know, Paul is one that, that really teaches us about religion. Let's go to the next uh, slide. Paul Paul was a very religious fellow until he got stopped on the road to Damascus. And Jesus appears to him on the road to Damascus. Why? Why are you kicking against me? Why are you fighting against me? And Paul is saying, man, I'm working for God here. You know, what do you mean fighting against you? I've been working for God my whole life. And he said, no, you're not. You're fighting against me. He said, read this scripture right here. Then Paul dwelt two years in his rented house and received all those that came to him preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things concerning Jesus Christ with all confidence and no one forbidding him. What was Paul preaching? He's preaching the kingdom. And he was teaching those things about Jesus that Jesus had come to do to make this whole kingdom gospel, to bring this whole kingdom gospel in. Jesus went about preaching the same message that John the Baptist went about preaching. Repent, he said, because the kingdom of God is at hand. 
What is the kingdom of God? What are we talking about? Most people don't uh, haven't heard the kingdom gospel. They don't know what the kingdom gospel is. They, we spent too much time uh, talking about things that we were not instructed to talk about. But the kingdom of God is not a religion. Let me explain to you a little bit about that. Religions have members. Okay? Kingdoms have citizens. Okay? Religious religions have leaders. Kingdoms have kings. Religions don't have laws. Kingdoms has laws. Okay? Religions don't have armies. Kingdoms have armies. The kingdom of heaven has its own army. And we're not onward Christian soldiers. We're not the army. Okay? Citizens do not fight. Whenever we had a war in Iraq, uh, how many of y'all that wasn't in the military went to Iraq to fight? Nobody. Right? You'd be sitting in your house at night watching TV. You hear a noise and you look outside and you see somebody breaking in their car. What do you do? You pick up the phone. You call the government. Hey, y'all need to get over here real quick. We need to, we got, we got to have some problems. We got to get something that somebody over here is stealing. What do they do? They send the police out. Okay? Governments have law enforcement. When we have a problem, we pick up our phone, close our eyes, lift our head, lift our head to heaven, however you want to do it, and say, hey, need some help down here. Send me some help. That's prayer. Prayer is contacting the home world saying, hey, I need some help down here. One of your citizens is in trouble. Kingdoms have courts. Courts. Police, law, these kind of things that uh, that kingdoms have, religions don't have. So government is not a religion. Jesus was not crucified because he was a religious person. Jesus was crucified because he was a political person. The only way the Jews were able to get the Romans to crucify Jesus, because they didn't want to crucify him, but the only way to get the Jews were able to get the Romans to crucify Jesus was to say that Jesus claimed to be a king. And they said, basically they told Pilate, if you don't kill him, if you don't crucify him, we're going to tell Caesar that there's another king running around down here and you ain't dealing with it. Go back and read what he says. He said, the Jews said, we have no king but Caesar. Okay? So that's putting the pressure on Pilate saying, this is a political problem. If you don't deal with it, Rome's going to find out. And then what's going to happen? They're going to send somebody down there to deal with Pilate, right? He's covering his own self. Pilate didn't want to crucify Jesus. Pilate's wife told him, leave him alone. Said, this man, you don't need to mess with him. But they put, they forced his hand. Let's, uh, let's look at Matthew 6.33. This verse right here is the verse that changed my whole course of my whole life. It says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. What things is he talking about? If you want to look at verse up and read the verses before, he's talking about, why are you worried about where you're going to live? Why are you worried about what you're going to eat? Why are you worried about all these things? He said, that's what the heathens worry about. That's what the pagans worry about. So if you spend the majority of your time thinking about things, how am I going to get more things? How am I going to pay for my house? How am I going to get the clothes I need? How am I going to do this with my car? How am I going to... Then you're, you're not seeking ye first the kingdom. God says, if you'll seek the kingdom, I'll take care of this other stuff. This other stuff is no problem. But if, if you're not seeking the kingdom, you might as well be busy doing something. So just be busy being anxious over all the things that you're trying to, to keep and, you know, and to collect and those kind of things. But when I started seeking the kingdom, and I found the kingdom. My financial problems went away. My anxiety went away. My purpose, I, I ended up with a, God gave me a purpose, something to do. And he even recently gave me a wife. <laughs> and I'm serious, that's kingdom stuff. I didn't go date, we didn't go dating each other. God called, God told her, God told me, put us together and said, y'all, I got some work for you guys to do. Uh, I need you two to together. That's kingdom. Kingdom takes care of everything that we need. So how do we find this kingdom? How do we seek this kingdom? 
Well, church is a good place to come, but you got to come to a church that's teaching the Word of God. Philip opens the Bible and teaches out of the Bible. Cheryl opens the Bible up in the Sunday school class and teaches. We're going through Leviticus in my class. Abby taught today and did a great job. This is where you learn about the kingdom. There's a lot you need to know if you don't know things about the kingdom. How do you get in the kingdom? How do I get into this kingdom? If I'm a Christian, does that mean I'm in the kingdom? How do I enter in? This is a, uh, this is a verse I don't have up on the screen. It says that Matthew 7, 21 says, Not all that say, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but only those that do the will of my Father. So just because you call out, Lord, Lord, and I'm a Christian, uh, that, that doesn't, that, that's not the way, you, the way to get in. Uh, Matthew 18, it says, unless you become like a child, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. You cannot enter in. When, uh, when Jesus was teaching about the kingdom, you know, he went about everywhere teaching the kingdom and you better believe that these religious leaders were, were showing up and listening to what he was talking about. And, uh, one night Jesus was sleeping and the camera, who in the world? It's four o'clock in the morning. What? You know, he goes and opens the door, and there's one of the, the top religious leaders in Israel. His name was Nicodemus. He said, you know, I'm really sorry about waking you up, Lord. He said, but, you know, I've been listening to you teaching. I just can't go to sleep because this thing is just bothering me. You're talking about this kingdom. And I don't know what you're talking about. He said, how do I get into this kingdom? Jesus says, you are a leader of Israel. Do you not know? You have to be born into a kingdom. How did you become a citizen of the United States? Did you go down and take a test? No. You were born a citizen. So God has made a way for all of us to be born into this kingdom. And that's what uh, Nicodemus was wanting to find out. The rich young ruler asked Jesus, said, hey, says, how, how is it that I can receive eternal life? He says, keep the law. He says, well, I've been keeping the law all my life. I've done all these things. And Jesus says, basically what he told him was, he says, well, that's great. He says, but you only, you only lack one thing. You gotta let go of these things. You gotta let go of this one kingdom before you can enter in another kingdom. You can't be in two kingdoms at one time. The door to get into the kingdom is, he says, the way is narrow. There, there's a wide road and then there's a very narrow road. There's a door to get in that is so narrow that you can only squeeze through. You can't bring nothing in with you. Okay? If you got a lot of stuff, you can't come in with it. You gotta leave it outside or either you gotta stay out with it because you can't get through the door. Let's look at Isaiah 9-6. This is a scripture that we see on Christmas cards all the time. But let's read it for what it says. Unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government, did that say religion? No, it says government. The government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's our king. That's a king of a government. The government is in heaven. We are not in heaven. We are here. There's a lot of you wanting to go to heaven. But if you go to heaven, you're going to miss the kingdom because the kingdom's coming here. Okay? He never said die and go to heaven. He said the kingdom is here. It's lived here. And he said the promise is if you die, I'll raise you back up and you can still live in the kingdom. That's our, that's our guarantee. Let's look at the next scripture. Ephesians chapter 2. He said it. In those days, he's talking about in times past, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from the citizenship of the people of Israel. Do the religions have citizens? Kingdoms have citizens. Religions have members. Okay, We are now citizens of the household of God if we are in the kingdom of God. How do we get in? Well, you say, if I'm a Christian, am I in the kingdom? You might be. I don't know. You're going to have to figure that one out for yourself. Have you ever gone somewhere 
like when we go on our mission trips, a lot of times we'll fly through some place like Belgium or or something, and we'll we'll get there and we'll get in the airport and we'll have about a half hour or an hour layover or something, and then we'll get on another plane and we'll take off and go somewhere else. Like say, okay, I've I've I'm in I've been to Belgium. Well, maybe I've been to Belgium, but I didn't experience Belgium. I was just in the airport. Okay, when you come into the kingdom, it's like you you come in, but to come into the kingdom means to experience the kingdom. To start being able to enjoy those things that the kingdom has to offer. Be part of the kingdom. Uh, it's, it's like going to Disney World. When you, you, you drive all the way to Florida, you know, with the kids screaming and everything, you get on the interstate that takes you to Disney World and you get into the giant parking lot and they pick you up in a little bus and you, you go through the front gate and you, you walk through the front gate and you go, wow, we're here. We are in Disney World. Okay. We're in the kingdom. We're in the magic kingdom. But you ain't been, you hadn't been in the kingdom till you've been on the roller coaster. You've been on Space Mountain. You've been on the log ride. You've been in Small World. You now you've been in, you've experienced the kingdom. Okay. So it's possible to be in the kingdom and not experiencing the kingdom because the door's not, the front door's not locked. Okay. Jesus says, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. He didn't say, I'll give you the key because the kingdom's not locked. He said, I'll give you the keys. In other words, you can get in the front door, but if you want to experience things about the kingdom, you've got to unlock it. And the, the way you unlock it is to unlock it because God has given us the instructions in his word on how to unlock these things, how to access the things that we need in the kingdom. We can waste time running around trying to buy new cars and new houses, and everything we need is in the kingdom. Whenever you decide to travel somewhere, if you're just going on vacation or maybe you want to go do some missionary work or something, the first thing you want to do is check out the government, okay? You don't want to go somewhere where they're having a civil war, right? You don't want to go somewhere where the government is uh, uh, being very hostile towards the people. Uh, this, the most important thing is that a government is stable. Okay, if the government's stable, then you can uh, you can feel rest assured that you're going to be able to, to leave when it's time to leave, and you're going to be able to, uh, to you know to, to move about freely and, and not end up in a in a hole somewhere. Um, but uh, the problem is that there's no government on earth that's stable. We thought our government was pretty stable up until recently, and now we're starting to really wonder about that. We're seeing it falter and and. and and wobble. And we know it's only a matter of time that things keep going the way they're going that our government is not going to last. It's, it's obvious. Every government that has opposed God's will and God's law in the past has gone away. They're gone. The Hittites are gone. The Parasites are gone. The Amorites are gone. The Moabites are gone. They're all gone. Every government that tried to oppress God's people is not a power anymore. Egypt's still around, but they're not, they're not a power. Babylon, Babylon's gone. Rome, the greatest empire that ever, they're gone. Once you come against God's law and God's people, your government is, is headed for disaster. It's not going to be long and it's going to come apart. It's going to come apart at the seams. And we can see it happening in our world today, right now, in front of our eyes. When, when the disciples came to Jesus, they asked, they asked Jesus, said, the Lord, well, they, 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 you know, they watched him. You know, they watched him. If anybody walk on water, you're going to watch him. See, you know, what is it? They, what, what are they doing? Well, Jesus went off and prayed all the time. He spent a lot of time praying. He's consulting with the home world, man. He's trying to get some instructions here, trying to find out what it is he's supposed to go, what he's supposed to do, these kind of things. Disciples are watching, said, man, you know, he prays all the time. Wonder what? You know, he's got this power. I bet it comes from praying. So they said, you know, Lord, teach us how to pray. So he says, okay, I'll teach you how to pray. Now listen to what he says. He says, I want you to start off praying like this. Our Father, so we we, we all have a Father, and, and God is our Father. And the Jews have actually lost sight of that. Even the Old Testament will tell you that God is a Father. But Jesus had to bring that back and say, you know, he's our, he's our Father. But he's not here with us. He's in heaven. Our Father who art in heaven, 
Let's give him the proper respect because when you pray, you need to respect Father. I mean, we've lost a healthy fear of God. We need to have a fear of God. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the most high God. His name is holy. Okay? So we need to recognize that. So our Father who art in heaven, your name, Father, is lifted up. Your name is holy. He said the next thing Jesus said to put on the list is thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus said, don't pray to go to heaven. Pray for heaven to come to earth. That's our number one priority when we pray. God, we want your kingdom to come here. Our Let's go to Matthew eleven twelve. This kingdom that I'm talking about, it is breaking, it's breaking loose. It's coming, and it's coming. By the time you, by the time most people realize that the kingdom is really on fire, it's going to be everywhere. And I don't know if you've noticed it, but I've noticed it. The kingdom is breaking out all over. This says right here, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent taken by force. In English, this verse doesn't mean, it's very, very confusing. When you take it back to the original scripture, I'll tell you what this verse means. When we went to Africa, when me and Daniel went to Africa, we, we saw a little sheepfold. Uh, when the, when the, uh, um, the nomadic people that we went to visit out in the middle of the desert, when they would, they take their sheep up to the high ground. Uh, they lived in the desert and they had to take the sheep to the high ground because that's where the grass is. So, and they'd be gone for a month, two months, however long it, necessary. But when they was out, they would have to, at night, they would have to close the sheep up. Okay? So that the, uh, the hyenas or wild animals wouldn't get them. So, um, they'd take either thorn bushes and make a sheep fold out of thorn bushes. Or rocks. There's a lot of rocks over there in the desert. If you ever been to the desert, I imagine the one in Israel is a lot like the one that we was in because it wasn't far from there. There's rocks. There's the big rocks, little rocks. There's rocks everywhere. So what they would do is they take and they build a wall out of these rocks, and the sheep would get they get the sheep in that sheepfold and they'd have it all built around. And in the morning, when the shepherd would come out, the sheep had been in that thing all night, kind of bumping up against each other, all tight, you know, and restless and all. And the shepherd to take his staff and he hit their rocks and start breaking a little hole in the rocks. And when the sheep would see that little opening start to open, they'd bum rush that thing. They'd all try, boom, 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 they come busting out. Okay. That's what this verse is talking about. The kingdom has been cooped up for a long time, but the breaker is breaking the hole and now the kingdom is busting out. Don't miss it. The kingdom is here and it's coming. And it's breaking out. The kingdom, when Jesus went around teaching about the kingdom, he gave us some examples. He said that the kingdom is like a, a treasure a man finds in a field. He says he finds his treasure in the field, and then he, he hides the treasure, covers it back up, and he goes and he sells everything he owns to buy that field. He also says the kingdom's like a, a pearl, a merchant. Seeking, uh, seeking pearls. And he finds this one pearl, this, this uh, great value. And he goes and he sells everything else that he's got to buy that one pearl. He's saying the kingdom of heaven is like that. When you find the kingdom of heaven, you're going to get rid of everything else. You don't, nothing else is important. Okay. Nothing else matters. I'm going to get rid of my, you know, all these Things that have been holding me down and holding me back and things that I thought was important that ain't even important anymore. It's just that one thing. That's the thing that is, that is just on my mind constantly from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed because that is the most valuable thing that you can find. He says the kingdom of God is like a, a king that gives a banquet for his son. A king giving a banquet, man, there's gold plates, there's silver silverware, there's crystal wine goblets, and there's big feast on the table. Kingdom of God is not uh ghetto, okay? The kingdom of God, God is the king of everything. He has the good stuff, 
Okay? God has prepared for us a banquet. He's prepared the good stuff for us. He said, but the problem was is the king invited us, invited us to the banquet and the people, I, I gotta go to work, man. I'm too busy for this. Uh, you know, I, I really wanted to, you know, to go, uh, hunting this weekend, you know, or whatever the case may be. I, I really don't have time to go to the banquet. He said, well, the ones that were invited, if they don't come, to heck with them. Let them go. He said, I'll take anybody who wants to come, come on in. Come on in and be part of my banquet. Be part of my kingdom. So he's inviting us to come in. How do you come in? How do we get into the kingdom? The door. <laughs> okay? you got to come in the door. Right? Who's the door? Jesus. That's the only way in. He said, no man come to the Father but by me. I am the door. Okay? Any Anybody else tries to get in without coming in the door, he's a robber, he's a thief. He, he's not honest. He said, you got to come through me. So, you come through the door to get into the kingdom. Matthew, uh, I mean, in, in John, let's go to the next scripture in John. It says, but as many as received him, let's talk about Jesus. As many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. So he says, if you, if you believe on Jesus, you believe on his name, he's given you the power to become sons of God. What does that mean? Well, anytime you're reading your Bible and you see something that says son, or sons, it's talking about inheritance. It's always talking about inheritance. Okay? If you're a son, then you get to inherit what comes from the Father. He says he's given them power to become sons of God. Okay? That power, what do you think that power is? That power is the Holy Spirit. That's the only way. If you was... If I had a big piece of property and a bunch of old junk cars and I put an ad in the paper, I got work. You showed up and said, I'm going to check out that job you got. I said, okay, you see all them junk cars I got over there? Say, uh, um, I want you to dig a hole and bury them cars and then I'm going to take the extra dirt and I'm going to build up around the house, okay? And uh, he's standing there. He has a shovel in his hand. He says, uh, uh, here, you might need this. Now, how many of us want to take that job? Probably not too many. But wait a minute. I forgot to tell you, there's a backhoe right over here. Okay, we got a backhoe back here. This is, that's fun. You ever dug a hole with a backhoe? You ever tore some stuff up with a big backhoe? That's a lot of fun. I'd do that for free. Okay? You got the power. It's not a problem. Okay? If you're struggling reading your Bible, if you're struggling trying to keep God's commandments, if you're struggling trying to be good, you ain't got the power. The power makes it fun. The power makes it easy. The Holy Spirit is our connection to the kingdom of God. He's the only connection that we have to the kingdom of God. When Jesus said, he said, I got to go because if I don't go, he can't come. And if he don't come, you're not going to have any power to do what you need to do. But we don't know who we are. Let's go to the next scripture. Then the king will say to these on his right hand, come, ye blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom that was prepared for you before the foundation of the world. God prepared this kingdom for us before He ever created the world. He had this planned out. He wants us to be part of His family, living in His house, doing things His way, and enjoying life the way that He designed it to be. Not this corrupt mess that we're dealing with now in these days. That's what we're going to inherit. He's got an inheritance for us. And what are we going to inherit? We're going to inherit a cloud? We're going to float around on clouds and play harps? Man, let me tell you what. God, God has land. Okay? He created the earth. What did He give Adam? Land. What did He give Abraham? Land. What did He give the children of Israel? Land. What did He promise you? Land. Okay? God's in the real estate. He wants us to be part of His kingdom. And he's going to, I'm going to set my king, my holy king over you on Mount Zion. And we're going to be his family, the family of God. We're to be priests 
He calls us to be priests. He calls us to be ambassadors. Ambassadors for the kingdom. We got a job to do. There's no unemployment in the kingdom. There is absolutely no unemployment in the kingdom of God. If you've come to the kingdom of God, there's two things you got to do. You got to train and you got to work. Okay? Let's start off with you do a lot less work and a lot more training. Okay? After you've done, after you've been there a while, then you end up with less training and more work. Okay? But it's fun. It's fun. If you're not training, this Sunday school is there to train you. Philip is trying to train us, teaching us here. He's teaching us about the kingdom. Wednesday night, that's training. But then you can't get it all here. You got to get it on your own. You got to get your Bible out. You got to start sifting through it. You got to start reading it, understanding some things. There's a lot that you got to, you got to train. What did he say? He said, the fields are white of harvest. He said, but pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send workers. He didn't say go in there and harvest it, did he? He don't want just nobody, just anybody going into his field. He wants skilled people going into his field. He don't want you going in there messing up the harvest. So this said, pray that the Lord of the harvest that he would send workers to go into the field. So we got to get some training before we go out there and start trying to save the world. We got to understand a few things. We're ambassadors. We're supposed to be representing the kingdom. Let's go to First uh, Peter two nine. But you, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a chosen generation, royal priesthood. Royal means you're part of his family. A priest. We'll talk about that in a little bit. What a priest is. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God has, in this same scripture, and you'll find it in Exodus 19, you'll find it in uh, 1 Peter, uh, you'll find it in uh, Revelation chapter 1, verse 6, you'll find it in Revelation chapter 5, verse 10, and you'll find other scriptures that are very similar to it all throughout the Bible, in Deuteronomy and, uh, and, and, and other places as well. We are, God has chosen us to be His priesthood. But you can't draw benefits from the kingdom and work for yourself. A lot of people want to be, they want all the benefits of the kingdom, but they want to do their own thing. They want to go, go do their own work and, and, uh, and make their own decisions and have their own little life over here and let God bless these, and ask God to bless these things. But we have a job to do and God has, has given us this job. Let's go to the next scripture. What Jesus say our job was. The next scripture he says, in this gospel, now this is still Jesus talking before he was crucified. And I would, I would uh, admonish you to, to read some of these scriptures and to read them in context, read around them. In this gospel, he's talking, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. The end's not going to come till we get this gospel out there. That's why he's, he's told us to do this. That's what we're supposed to be. That's what I'm doing here today. That's what I did in Honduras. That's what we're doing in Africa. That's what we're doing down here in, in, in Somerville. And anywhere we get a chance, we got to teach people the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom is God's kingdom is coming here. This government is not going to last. God's government that is on the shoulder of Jesus, he says, a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He is going to come here. And He is bringing His government with Him. And He wants us to be a part of it. We got a job to do. We have to, we got the job of John the Baptist. John the Baptist went about telling people, repent! Because the kingdom of God is here. It's here. Repent doesn't mean go do something religious. It means change your mind about the way you think. And start thinking the way that God has taught us that the kingdom of God is here. And how do we function in the kingdom? We got to learn how to function in the kingdom. We have to be trained. We have to be trained in understanding his laws. We have to be trained in understanding the customs of the kingdom, the traditions of the kingdom. You can't come into the kingdom and bring all your junk with you. You got to leave it outside. The kingdom has its own customs, own traditions, its own laws. Everything in the kingdom is different than what we've grown up in. 
the culture of the kingdom is not the Christian culture. It's not the culture of the United States. It's not the culture that resembles anything that man has come up with on this planet. The culture of the kingdom is in the book. It's right there in front of your eyes. All you have to do is continue to read it. And you will start seeing that it's a different culture. We have rights, but we also have responsibilities in the kingdom. As ambassadors, we're to teach the people about the kingdom. We're to protect and advocate on behalf of the kingdom. But as priests, we are to represent God. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to conclude with this. God created us in Genesis and said, Let's, let us create man in our image and let him have dominion over the earth. Okay? God created us to be in dominion. To be, to be able to rule and to reign. Okay? We all have areas in our life that we dominate. We're, we're in control. But then we all, we have areas in our life that we, we are, that are out of control. Things that are not working right. Things that are causing us problems and causing us anxiety and causing us confusion. How do we dominate those areas of our life? We have to put things in order. Things have to be put in their proper order. All you got to do is go back to Genesis chapter 1 and see what God did. It says, God said, let there be light. And there was light. And he separated the light from the darkness. Called the light day. Called the darkness night. Separated the waters that was above from the waters that were below. Then he took and he separated the, the land from the waters. He's separating. He's separating things. He's putting things in order. If you go to clean up your garage, what do you do? You start separating things, right? You start putting things together that go together. And you start putting them in order and organizing them. That's what God's doing in Genesis. Okay? That's what he's telling us to do. Dominate your world. Put it in order. You gotta learn how to separate things. You gotta learn how to distinguish between things. In Hebrew, there's a word for word. It's called debar. Debar means word. Okay? In, in the Hebrew mind, it means order. Okay? You take letters, and you combine letters to make words, right? You put them in a specific order, it'll make a word, right? Then you take a bunch of words and you combine them, you put them in order, and that makes a sentence, right? That's how, what was God doing in Genesis? He was speaking, putting these things in order. We have to put our life in order. And how do we do that? We do that by the word that God has given us, by understanding His word. He said, in the beginning, go back to the, 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 uh, the book of John, the Gospel of John says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was God and the Word was with God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Think about that. We read that and we don't hear that. What is words? Words are thoughts put into a vessel and put out there so people can hear it. Okay? If you're thinking something, I don't know what you're thinking until you speak it to me. Until you say that. Okay, once you wrap those thoughts uh, up into a, a word and you let it go, then I know what you're talking. No, I know what you're saying, what you're thinking, what you're speaking. So it says, in the beginning were the thoughts of God. And the thoughts of God were God. The thoughts of God were with God. Now the thoughts of God have been made flesh and dwelt among us so that we can see Him. We can follow Him. We can understand Him. Jesus is the embodiment of the thoughts of God. He is the Word of God. It says He is the Word of God. And what do words do? They put things in order. They divide things. They separate things. They make distinctions. How do we know what's good and what's evil? How do we know what's holy and what's common? How do we know what's clean and unclean? That's the job of a priest. That is the job of a priest. We are God's priests. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. If we don't know how to separate things, how are we going to help anybody else? God's perfect order is found in His Word, and it's and it's He sent it in living flesh by the by the person of Jesus Christ. So, if we want to dominate 
every area. Let's say that there's certain areas of your life that you that I'm sure you dominate, whether it's your uh, profession, the job you do, or, or whatever. You you got those things in order. You know exactly how those things are supposed to be and how those things work. But in those other areas, we don't dominate. We let things dominate us, and that's what causes us stress and anxiety. You know that stress is the body trying to kill itself. Your blood pressure goes up. Uh, your your heart beats faster. Your blood vessels constrict. Everything in your body reacts negatively to stress because you are not designed to be dominated. You're supposed to be dominating your world. And the only way we can do that is to, God says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. As high as the sky is above the, the earth, so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And my ways higher than, uh, better than your ways. But if we read the Bible like it's some kind of historical book and it has no significance to us whatsoever, then we're not going to understand the principles, the precepts, the concepts, the laws, the judgments that God has given us as a blessing. Every time we can do something that God said, there's a blessing wrapped up in it. And every time you do something against what God said, there's a curse wrapped up in it too. You're cursing yourself when you go against the Word of God, even if you don't even know it. And if you accidentally do the Word of God without even trying, you're still going to get a blessing. So I'm a, I'm, I just come today to tell you that the kingdom of God is here. It's real. There's plenty of employment opportunities. There's great training. You can get a lot of good training here, but you got to be in charge of your own education. you got to learn it for yourself. And there's plenty of people that would be happy to help you around here learn it. But usually only about six, six or seven in the Sunday school class in the morning. You know, hey, you go with the goers. I was always a C student. I was, I wonder, God, you know, why, why would you want to use me? I mean, there's a lot better people out there you could use than me. He said, you're available. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I hope something I said today might help you, might inspire you, might make you come to Sunday school so I can help train you, uh, whatever the case may be. But, uh, that's all I got. I don't know what time it is. Maybe we got out early. Maybe we got out late. <laughs> but if you if you hadn't if if you don't if you don't know what the kingdom is and you haven't been in the kingdom, God's saying, hey, it's for you, man. I, I created this thing before the world was was ever before I created the world. I made a place for you. Everybody in here is is on his. It was is in his mind. It's, it's not an accident. And you're here for a reason at this time in history. You're here for a reason. Don't worry about what's going on out there. We got a job to do. Even though we don't look powerful or we're not rich or anything like that, we got the Holy Spirit, which me and the Holy Spirit is a majority in any room. (laughs) Amen? Amen.